The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Plus, Chris Wallace is mad, Black Lives Matter. Man, we have an amazing show for you tonight on I'm Right. Let's talk about me. Hold on, hold on, I'm going somewhere. This Before we get to CNN and before we get to my buddy Curtis, let's talk about me for a second. You want to know one of the odd parts, odd, hardest parts? I don't know how to put that. You want to know one of the oddest parts about being such a huge celebrity like I am? TV and radio and all that, super special. One of the oddest things is you can't get any honest feedback if you're screwing something up. Nobody wants to tell you, hey, uh, you look funny today. Hey, I think you're developing a lazy eye. Hey, you use this word too much. You can't get honest feedback. You end up in a bubble, and you end up sucking it up. The bubble. We all create bubbles for ourselves, and it's dangerous. We all had a good time yesterday. We're going to have more fun today making fun of CNN because, well, CNN's terrible. And they decided they were going to start a digital platform. That's the norm now. I mean, the first right here, digital platform. Fox News has started a digital platform. That's the wave of the future. Everyone wants what they want. They want it on demand. They want it on their phone. CNN decided they were going to start CNN+. Plus. Well, when you start something new, you want to make a big splash. You want to figure out if it's going to be profitable. And they hired some consulting firm that actually told them they would get two million subscribers the first year. Two million people don't watch CNN now, 
let alone the paid-for subscriber service. But apparently the bubble was cloudy and they believed them. And when you're starting a new digital service, you got to try to make a splash, do something to get some eyeballs. And so your CNN, what did you do? This is my theory on this. They went hunting for somebody who maybe wasn't happy at Fox News. They found Chris Wallace. Now, Chris Wallace is a world-class scumbag, total leftist. I can't stand him, so I won't act like there's some love there. But the rumor is Chris Wallace was making $10 million a year at Fox News. Long-established media guy. That would make sense as far as industry standards go. So I bet that number's not that far off. So why would Chris Wallace leave a Fox News gig when Fox News is the biggest cable news channel? Why would he leave a Fox News gig and go to CNN Plus? Not even CNN regular. CNN Plus? Money. There are two things in life that make men do very, very, very stupid things. One of those things is women, and the other one of those things is money. Chris Wallace, the rumor is out now. Well, the rumor mills are, are churning that Chris Wallace is throwing a temper tantrum every single day because CNN Plus sucks. They're not going to have the same facilities. He's not going to have the support staff. He's certainly not going to have the viewership to which you are sitting there saying to your TV right now, yeah, Jesse, that's obvious. You're right. It was obvious to everyone but Chris Wallace. Why? Money is one reason, the bubble is the other reason. If I can't find somebody to tell me I've got a bat in the cave, how hard is it for the long-established media guy making $10 million a year to find someone to pull him aside and say, Chris, <coughs> buddy, um, you don't leave Fox News for CNN+. Plus. That, that's not a lateral move, Chris. It, no, no. Go back and sit at the desk and do the news. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is my friend Curtis Houck, of course, the managing editor of the Great Media Research Center. Curtis, how far off was I in any of that stuff? You weren't. I mean, you look at the 10,000 subscribers, fewer than 10,000 daily users. There's more, I believe, narwhals in the world than there are CNN Plus users. And one further number about this, they were projected that the, McKinsey told them, so McKinsey, of course, uh, 15 to 18 million subscribers in four years out <laughs> of a country of 330 million people. So they were expecting just over five and a half per, or about five and a half percent of the country to subscribe to CNN Plus. If you want uber leftist stuff, you're going to go watch like the crazy people at Democracy Now or watch Chank Uger or something on YouTube. You're not going to pay for Chris Wallace or Rex Chapman or the other person you had in your graphic, Jamel Hill, to tell you what to think. They've, in, they've invested $300 million, Jesse. And so I did a little bit of math here, and that works out to 30000 per person so far for CNN per subscribe daily user subscriber right now that this is a twitter bubble personified i've never seen skulls this thick before okay curtis my theory on chris wallace maybe seeing dollar signs maybe being too deep in the bubble that has to be it right there i mean how do you uh, chris wallace as much as i dislike him he's done this a long time it's a legacy job his dad did it surely he wasn't shocked that cnn plus didn't provide the facilities of fox news 
maybe you know but then again you know you're dealing with a guy jeff zucker who's you know hornswoggled a whole bunch of the population or people enough people to work at cnn to actually think that this is a good endeavor and spending all of their time trashing on trump and spewing venom towards people who don't vote like they do is a good business proposition uh that's that's a good question uh but I think, yes, sadly, you have convinced enough people. And based on Chris Wallace's interview with the New York Times right before CNN Plus launched, his virulent hatred for Fox News and for, you know, pretty clearly he was talking about Tucker Carlson, uh, talking about what happened about January 6th. Um, he determined that, you know, it had become beyond, crossed a line beyond the pale. So now he's going to CNN Plus where he does these taped interviews that only air four days a week. Uh, that no one really listens to. Uh, it's not surprising that he's having a really difficult time because his buddy Jeff Zucker got run out of town uh, because you know he's a he's a total scumbag. Similarly, so I, I just think uh, CNN Plus is in for a really difficult time. They're going to get folded into Discovery Plus, HBO Max, which probably actually does well, is going to get folded into Discovery Plus. And Discovery, you're kind of like that gift from Community where Donald Glover walks in with the pizza and everything's on fire. And I think that's what Discovery sees right now. They like what's going on with you know Ukraine so because it gives them the nostalgia factor of, oh, this is the old CNN, the first Gulf War, remember that? That was awesome. But when they see people like Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy, their faces on TV, they're like, no, we don't want that. Speaking of Brian Stelter, he got abused by a college freshman, and boy, I would be remiss if I didn't get to play this for you, Curtis. You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation, uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media, and CNN in particular, seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence, or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. Ouch. Okay, one, that was enjoyable enough just to watch on its own. Two, my question is, Curtis, obviously we've always had a biased press. The, the, the press sucks. The press has always sucked. But we now, I mean, you listen to that list from that kid, we now have Americans, because of the media, who live in a world entirely of make-believe. How big is that percentage of Americans? Well, unfortunately, it's a pretty largeable chunk of, you know, Brian Stelter in that answer went on to say, I don't think we're watching the same channel. And, and he said that this is somehow a failure of the media to convince enough people to watch them and convince them that their neighbors are total psychopaths uh, and Nazis when really it's they're the ones who are crazy and communist, uh, as you so often point out, and et cetera. Um, this student really hammered everything home. Uh, the, the, the mistakes going only one direction, touching on multiple different stories, Supreme Court Justice Hunter Biden, 
Uh, and also, you know, another story that doesn't really involve a politician and Nick Sandman uh, up until, you know, that controversy, a private citizen. So you really hit all these different examples of people who were both in the public eye and people who uh, were just going about their normal lives when they were smeared by CNN because they had determined that they had narratives to push. And, they're, you know, you got to please their friends like Amishi Alcindor and Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, in Ibram X. Kendi, when you let those people run the newsrooms uh, in this country, you're going to have really ugly results and really ugly storylines. And you have beta uh, soy boys like Brian Stelter running the show. And he so shamelessly claims that this isn't what CNN is doing. Oh, we covered those things. Oh, yes, you covered Nick Sandman. All right. So much that you had to settle with him because of what you said about him. Uh, and same goes with Hunter Biden. Yes, you covered it, but you said it was Russian disinformation. Uh, so the list goes on and on. And uh, to, go, to tie it back to our previous point, Discovery is going to have a lot of cleanup if they actually want CNN to be profitable, have ratings, people respect them instead of see them as the most poisonous name in news and a punchline for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Curtis, obviously the inflation news dropped yesterday and it was really, really, really bad. It's crushing people. How'd the media cover it? <laughs> well, unsurprisingly, they did not cover it on the, uh, you know, Tuesday morning broadcast network morning shows. They had Jonathan Van Ness, the gay uh, reality TV per star, show up and address and talk about non-binaryism and, and visibility for... Uh, non-gen, you know, two spirits, bizarro world, you know, marijuana liberation or something like that ahead of the midterms. Uh, CBS had James McAvoy on and NBC had a Camina Cabello concert. Uh, granted, they did cover it later on in the day, but it's kind of footnoted by the fact that voters don't believe the Biden administration. You know, oh, okay. Yes, that's true. Why is that? They certainly don't trust you. How do we get to that point? Um, and Stephanie Rule, she just played there in the B-roll. Uh, she's frequently a Biden stooge. You know, most infamously last year, she said that most Americans can shoulder inflation because we've been saving through the pandemic. And just last night, she was curious about why aren't we giving Biden credit for all of his successes? <laughs> but yet she was forced to deliver this news. And no matter how low of an information voter, low information voter you are, when you see the price, you don't really have to know a whole lot of math or be able to read a whole lot to know that gas prices are going up and that you're paying more at the grocery store, or if you're just a lazy person, see how much your Uber Eats or uh, Grubhub costs are from Shake Shack, because those things are all going up too. And you're, that's something that no one can deny, and the left can spin it as Putin, but as we know, gas has gone up every single month that Joe Biden has yeah. been president. And some of the media will kind of tuck that in their stories so they say they've done it, um, but they're not really hammering away. No snarky chirons like you saw during the Trump years. All right, finally, the mass shooting yesterday. Now, I don't do mass shooting TV. I don't do mass shooting radio. I don't believe in standing on warm, dead bodies to make political points of any kinds. I don't do it. I just believe that's a time for prayer and for people to come together. Sadly, that is not shared by other people in the media. This was, <laughs> this is Chris Hayes and Nicole Wallace. There is a Supreme Court case right now, a challenge that would basically essentially strike down New York gun laws and essentially find that the Constitution gives a right for everyone to carry a gun in any state, no matter what that state's law are, when they go out and to the subway. And in fact, in oral arguments, Samuel Alito said, well, don't you need a gun on the subway?
Yeah, I, I, the notion that New York City subways would be safer with more people packing guns on them is such a demonstrably insane idea. It could only be entertained by someone who's like clearly gone around the bend on, on, on Fox News or has never set foot on the subway uh, or both. The violence that we saw just today shows us how urgent gun reform is in this country, how overdue it is. Curtis, I, look, I understand those people are communist tax, but I just find that to be the most disgusting thing. While, pa while parents are wondering if their little boy or little girl is going to pull through a surgery, these people just immediately pounce on it without hesitation. Now, and before Barack Obama, I don't remember this, man. Barack Obama mainstreamed this, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, and I'll just add one more. Former Obama official Jim Schudo said on CNN within the first hour of the story breaking that the issue in New York City with gun crimes are southern states. Gun laws in southern states are causing guns to somehow end up in New York City and at crime scenes. It's really disgusting. Joy Reid was doing this last night, warning about that. We talk about concealed carry, and as well as saying that this is, you know, part and parcel of what Donald Trump caused, what he sowed with attacks on Asian Americans. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but these people's brains are so broken. They're, they're unable to simply stop and hope for the best and pray for uh, those, you know, affected or focus on the investigation of finding the person who did this, which they were able to do this afternoon. They're not as focused on that because they can't help themselves because, yes, Barack Obama permanently altered their minds when it comes to how they deal with tragedy and that it has to always be the fault of their next door neighbor who, you know, supports the NRA, uh, Igor Volsky's of the world. I mean, it's really disgusting and it's part of, you know, the real cancerous uh, strain in our poli body politic that is something that we haven't addressed and I don't really know the answer for because we as conservatives, other than fighting back or and bringing the facts, are certainly not the people that are doing this and poisoning the wells when it comes to these tragedies. Now, Curtis Howe, thank you, my brother. Keep doing what you do. Thanks, Jesse. All right. It's allergy season. Oh, if you drive a car, you know. I know what you see when you go out to your car in the morning. That, that film of pollen, you, you can write your name in the hood of it. I know. Same thing here in Texas. Get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm so you're not snotting and sneezing, so your eyes aren't red and itchy all the time, and so your home can smell clean all the time. These things are amazing. These things, I've had people write me, they actually kill other odor covering things people had some guy wrote in and his wife had one of the oil things plugged into the wall you know that put out the little scents you know what women do he had the eden pure plugged in too close to it it killed the scent <laughs> they're amazing they have a three pack for sale for my viewers go to edenpuredeals.com and you get a three pack of these things for two hundred dollars off no filter to replace no nothing plug it in the wall and forget about it EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Remember how we told you last week Black Lives Matter took all that money all those corporations gave them and 
bought a $6 million mansion in California. Well, surprise, surprise, that has some people looking into the group. You see, one thing you may know about Black Lives Matter is they're a violent, communist, racist street group. You probably know all that. What you probably don't know is technically they're a charity. Now, let's say I wanted to start a Jesse Kelly is Awesome Foundation, which I'm totally going to do one day. And let's say I wanted to raise money to help me buy some fully automatic weapons, legally, of course. And I put it out there, hey, donate to Jesse Kelly's Awesome Foundation. I can't just call myself a charity. You don't just get to say, hey, I'm a charity. You actually have to file a form with the IRS called a 990 showing that you're a charity. So you can't just go buy a bunch of machine guns. Uh, Patrice Collars, shockingly, didn't seem to realize this. And here she is weighing in on this evil 990 form. I think, you know, first of all, number one, I actually did not know what 990s were before all of this happened. It's confusing. I, so part of the opportunity here is to educate yes. our folks. Like something's being weaponized against us that many people don't even know and honestly don't care about. I didn't know about them until they started asking us for them for COVID relief funds. <laughs> I said, you need my 990. Yes. I had to call the accountant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the accountant handled that. Like, I, I don't know what that is. Um, it, it is such a trip now to hear the word, the, 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 the term 990s. I'm like, ugh, it's like triggering. It's triggering. She's triggered. Look, she just didn't know. You see, while Black Lives Matter was murdering people across the country last summer, burning down American cities, while collecting millions and millions and millions of dollars from the various white guilt corporations in this country, they just want you to know that they just didn't know. Just some humble folks at 990. I, did, I didn't know. But look, she's, she's worried. She's very, very worried. Not, not because she's a criminal. She's very worried that people are trying to destroy her ambitions. Yes, there has been so much um, clarity for me, a questioning for me. I don't know if I have clarity or answers yet, but I'm like, wow, it, this doesn't seem like, this doesn't, this doesn't seem safe for us. This 990 structure, this nonprofit system structure, this is like deeply unsafe. Like this is being literally weaponized against us, against the people we work with. I can't tell you how many people are like, am I next? Like, is, are they gonna do this to me? You mean people are going to look into what we said was charity money? Look, I, I, I'm just gonna wrap it up with this little point here. I'm very happy that I wasn't one of the ones who got caught up in all the white guilt insanity last summer. And I hope you weren't either. And I hope you weren't one of the people who saw the name Black Lives Matter and immediately felt like you were doing good if you gave to or supported such a group. They don't care about black people. It's a violent street Marxist group trying to burn down as much as they can while lining their own pockets. In other words, they're the same as communists have always been. All right, we still have a lot of show for you. Make sure you stick around to the end for Light in the Mood tonight. Before we get to that, though, speaking of criminals, it's not just Black Lives Matter. There are cyber thieves out there. Lots of them. That's what they do full time. I know that's odd. I find that odd because I'm not a technology guy, but there are people just all day long on a computer trying to steal. 
The biggest business for cyber thieves right now is home title theft. You see, if you own a home, they put your home title online now. When it's online, hackers can hack into it, forge your signature on it, and take a loan out against it. Don't let it happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and sign up because they'll detect any tampering and shut it down like that. They will evict you from your home for this. HomeTitleLock.com. Sign up today. We'll be back. Lock.com. Sign up today. We'll be back. Well, the border continues to be a huge problem that is apparently getting bigger by the day. Joining me now, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. Congressman, we know it's bad. It's, it's easy to get on here and say it's bad. But what does that mean? You're the one with the details. What does bad mean? Bad means that uh, when I go down there, you have 500 people a day in San Diego, by the way. San Diego, which usually doesn't get a whole lot coming across and then you have 800 on top of that 500 you have 800 ukrainians that are being processed every day and 3,000 more of them uh coming in from tijuana uh, that are going to be coming in from tijuana they're sitting in tijuana right now because we can't take them bad means that when i go down there and i we just happened along in the middle of the evening i see 46 uh in one place another 50 or so on another place in yuma just just uh, two nights ago. And then yesterday morning, when I go back out at a, a time where normally you don't see very much, we have another group of 50 or so. And I talked to the, the Border Patrol agents, who, by the way, there's only two of them there because the rest are processing, folks. Jesse, oh. they had just finished, each one of them from different locations, had just finished uh, sending 200 to the processing center, which is already overstacked. It's designed for about 850 and has over 3,000 people in it as of yesterday. That's just in Yuma alone. And I mean, I could go on and on. It is bad. Uh, the drugs are coming in like crazy, far more than ever. Uh, and and uh, you got drug traffickers, you got sex traffickers going on, and human traffickers all taking place. You got stash houses that people don't even talk about anymore. And everywhere from Phoenix, uh, Rio Grande Valley, Jesse, uh, this is an invasion. Uh, any other rational leader and any other rational country in the world would say this is an invasion. Uh, Congressman, you mentioned something a second ago, and I know it's an odd detail, but I am curious about it, that you saw a bunch in San Diego and you said San Diego usually doesn't get that many. You would think San Diego would get a lot. Why don't they usually get very many? Because they, they have a huge port of entry and um, they have triple fencing in places. They, got, they have adequate fencing. And so they, they don't get as many as say uh, Yuma sector. Uh, they don't get as many as Rio Grande Valley or Del Rio. Uh, so th that, that's the reason why they've got fence that goes for, for many miles. Uh, they have open areas just like everybody else does and they get folks there. Um, so, but they're right now about 500, which is, uh, which is still a lot. Don't, make no mistake. That's a lot of uh, illegal aliens a day. It's just, uh, not as many as say Yuma, which is at a thousand or Del Rio, which is over a thousand or Rio Grande Valley, which is 2,500 illegal aliens a day. Uh, Congressman, you mentioned processing there. They were busy processing people. And you mentioned the process in place that's built for 800 has 3000 in it. When they're done in processing, where do they go? 
they are ostensibly going to go to, if they're going to be detained, they're going to go to ICE, and ICE is going to find a place for them. And if they don't have a place, which right now they don't, they're going to release them into the country. If they don't go to ICE, they're going to go to an NGO, and that NGO is going to facilitate their transport somewhere into the country. So uh, literally, we just saw some information from the Mexican protocol, migrant protocol uh, lawsuit out of Texas. Uh, The Biden administration, uh, when they were supposed to be turning people back, has released, as best as we can tell, I mean, the the numbers are all skewed and we're trying to sort it out, over 650,000 people uh, under Title VIII. That that isn't anywhere else. That's just under Title VIII of the code. So, uh, Jesse, it's it's massive and it's going to get worse. Good grief. Okay, one thing we don't hear a lot about, now I personally have witnessed this when I lived in Arizona, but one thing we don't hear a lot about is the environmental impacts. Uh, shockingly, the environmentalist groups are very quiet about the environmental impact of illegal immigration. Can you explain why? Yeah, because this doesn't fit with their narrative of of uh, of basically radical environmentalism. They they're okay with open borders because they're radical leftists at heart. They are radical leftists. They are authoritarians. But I just saw the filthiest river in America. Uh, it's called New River. You'll see it if you go to Calexico, California. Um, we don't even, uh, we discourage uh, our border patrol agents from getting in there because it is so r- filled with E. coli, other, uh, you know, pesticides. It's just filthy. Uh, but illegal uh, aliens, will, will, they'll get in that water and they'll go on down. And we have gates there that are cut. Uh, by these guy, by these illegal aliens who are trying to come through, so they can cut the gates, um, and our our officers are trying to stop them, but uh, they can't. And then, Jesse, anywhere you go, I could take you to uh, fifty or hundred spots that are just as bad as any any landfill, any dump in America, uh, and they just get worse all the time. Uh, I, I took we had some folks in Yuma the other day, uh, just uh, yesterday morning actually, and they're saying, well, this. This is pretty bad. This is terrible. And and I talked to uh, because it was not bad for those of us who've been down to the border a lot, and, and they had just cleaned that up a week ago. It is filthy, and it's it's in, impacting uh, uh, our environment. And these uh, these environmental groups won't help us, and neither will the Biden administration. Title forty two. We hear that word a lot out there now, but a lot of people don't understand what that means. What's Title forty two? Why does it matter? It's authority for Border Patrol to turn away people um, without bringing them into the country because of a communicable disease outbreak. And so we, under, co- uh, under COVID, they were just sending back folks uh, uh, who were under Title 42 countries that we have agreements with. But we still have, besides COVID, you, uh, by the way, yeah, they're gonna make us wear masks, but they're not gonna uh, make people leave the country. But by the way, there are other communicable diseases that we should be really concerned about besides COVID. I mean, a non-treatable TB, uh, Hansen's disease. Uh, we've had seen plague, we've seen smallpox. I was talking to a, a, a customs officer who's, they had a guy in um, and he had a, a biological, some kind of, uh, it was eating his skin. It was disease eating his skin. Nobody could identify it, even on the American side. Um, and and we should be turning those people away, turning them away. In fact, 
it shouldn't be just Title 42. Jesse, we should be turning everybody away who comes between our port of entry. We should just say, no, you cannot enter. And if they want to try to get amnesty or asylum, they should be going to the port of entry, which, by the way, is international law as well as U.S. law. All right. It's been in the news a lot lately that uh, Texas is busing illegals into D.C. I saw Ron DeSantis of Florida said he was going to be busing them to Delaware. Now, I don't have any issue with any of that. That's all good and fine. But sounds like campaign prop stuff to me. How effective can that be? Or am I wrong? Is it effective? Well, um, I, I think it can be effective. If we were transporting everybody that we, are, that we are transporting daily and we are sending it to uh, central locations near Delaware where the president lives or D.C. where uh, leftist uh, members of Congress uh, are in their bubble or Nancy Pelosi's guarded, gated and guarded uh, uh, mansion in Northern California, I think it would have an impact. I also think, though, that what uh, Greg Abbott is doing, governor of Texas is doing, is he is helping highlight uh, how bad things are. And uh, and the narrative has to get out there. More and more people need to understand this is real stuff. It will impact their communities. And once Title 42 goes away, if it really does go away, um, we're going to see uh, more than double. I mean, even the DHS has said it's going to be more than double the daily uh, illegal immigrant uh, crossings. Golly. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you, sir. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We still have a lot more. We still have election integrity talk with Liz Harrington next. And, yes, we're going to ask her about that odd Dr. Oz endorsement from Donald Trump. But before we get to that, let's talk about corporations, where you spend your money. How often do we talk about putting your money where your morals are? It's hard to find the right place, right? How do you know? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Full disclosure, just the other day I went out, had to get some home supplies. I was fixing a doorknob. I didn't find out till after the place I went is not a place I should be, should be supporting with my money. But how could I have known that? Well, I needed Public SQ, which I have now. Public SQ. It's just an app. Get it from the Apple Store, Google Play. It goes right on your phone. If you're going out to get goods or services, look it up. Look up around you who shares your values and who doesn't. Public SQ. We'll be back. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but we have an election coming up. I mean, we had one in 2020, and there was some ugly stuff going on, and now we have another election coming up, and it's pretty important, so I think it's probably time to make sure we're on top of what exactly happens at these elections. Where are the problem areas? What are they doing? Joining me now, my friend Liz Harrington, she's a spokesperson for Trump. All right, Liz, I'm gonna play this little video and then get your reaction, because I'm still not sure what I'm seeing here. This looks like somebody stuffing a ballot box, but watch, you tell me. What are we looking at here as we pull this up? Same basic thing. It uh, looks like the same Dropbox. Everybody, look at all those people doing the right thing. Waiting so they're in, waiting to wait waiting early. To vote in line. Right? Right. So they're, this is a maroon dress woman, or is this yeah. somebody else? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Is that your mule? That's our that's mule. Her. So this is a mule. Mm -hmm. In front of everyone. Okay. Look, everybody's sitting there watching, like, what? So this What's is... Happening? Right now, as she opens it up... Oh, can't figure out to open up, because they won't fit. Right. Felony at what point? 
after the first right one. there. Now it's a felony. So this is a felon. Three felons at one Dropbox, everybody. <laughs> I want you to think about that. One after the other. In the broad daylight. I mean, now you could also get driver's you know, license plate info and stuff, right? Yes. So she, in broad daylight, while everyone else was watching, just violated Georgia law. Okay, Liz, I don't know what I'm looking at there. Why is that a felony? What am I looking at? Well, it's illegal in jo the state of Georgia to return anyone's ballot except your own, except in very limited circumstances. They have a thing called an assistor who can assist voters who are disabled or the elderly, but there's strict rules that go along with that. And what True the Vote has done here, this great organization, they've uh, surveilled all of these drop boxes and they use cell phone location data to see, well, who was coming back to drop boxes again and again and again and there's surveillance footage with it and this shows this is one of the people they identified this is not an assist or this is totally illegal it's a felon probably at the first ballot because none of those ballots were her own and she continued to go to this drop box and others i mean their criteria for true the vote this is ballot trafficking at a an enormous scale their criteria was you had to go back to a drop box at least 10 times 10 times and they followed them where did they get the ballots from they followed them going to ngos nonprofits, these uh probably liberal left-wing groups where they stash the ballots pick them up and then go I and mean, this one's so stunning because it's in broad daylight she's literally just stuffing the ballot box uh, but most of these drops happened in the middle of the night uh, when they thought no one was looking, there's other videos of people wearing <laughs> wearing latex gloves. And these were people that this wasn't just a one off. That wasn't just their one ballot that they, one time they visited this Dropbox. No, they came again and again and again to try to put the Democrats over the top with massive fraud. Okay, Liz, how can anybody at this point in time, I mean, this is like the third or fourth time you've come on the show to talk about this with damning video evidence. It's not like it's just you and I gabbing. How can anybody believe 2020 was on the up and up at this point in time? Well, exactly. No one can. If they see the evidence, if they actually look for it, um, the problem is the mainstream media won't show it. I mean, this is ironclad stuff. I mean, they spent 15 months looking at this data, making sure that they weren't just catching, you know, random people that happened to live in the area walking their dog. No, th that's not this. This is massive organized crime against the American people stealing our votes. That's exactly what happened here. And it wasn't just Georgia. They said Pennsylvania, Philadelphia was the worst. They had they identified 1,100 over 1,100 what they call these ballot mules who trafficked in ballots. They had one case going a hundred times to the drop box, just stuffing the ballot box. And this is what happens in third world countries. And now you see the effects when you have a third world style election. We have record setting inflation. We have skyrocketing crime. We have a broken border. I and mean, that's what's happening because we didn't have a free and fair vote. And the world can see it for if you're willing to take a look. I'm very excited for this movie to come out. Dinesh D'Souza worked with Katherine Engelbrecht and her team at True the Vote. They're going to put all this information out for everyone to see, and you decide. Everyone knows this was not free and fair. 
Okay, speaking of not free and fair, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is famous for this. This is something long before 2020, people who were involved in politics would talk about places like Philadelphia as being extra scummy. How scummy are they, Liz? Well, I think it's uh, unimaginable, honestly, because we've always known Detroit, Philly, Chicago, these are places notoriously bad for election fraud, but with mail-ins, uh, on a massive scale with the dirty voter rolls and with these drop boxes that were funded by big tech, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, you have a formula for the most massive uh, widespread fraud we've ever seen. And it's really a shame because Pennsylvania, they should have had an audit there. Uh, that audit was blocked, it was stonewalled, and now they're sending subpoenas out, but we haven't gotten any more real information. They should be holding hearings uh, with True the Vote, just like Wisconsin did, to dig in because they said Philadelphia was the absolute worst for this ballot trafficking. And they have been doing it for years. They've identified some of these same people that were stuffing the ballot boxes, were stuffing the ballot box back in 2018. We know this has happened for a very long time. We know uh, it's on a scale that really is, I think, massive, but we have to do something about it. I mean, you have to shine the light on it. You have to do audits and you have to make sure it'll never happen again. For starters, ban drop boxes. What are we doing when we have Republican-led legislatures? I don't care if there's a Democrat governor, you need to do your part, pass a law, ban drop boxes, get the public support for it, and make these Democrat, these corrupt politicians be on defense and have to defend this practice because it's indefensible. Yeah, no, it is. All right, on the good news front, Trump released an anti-endorsement yesterday of Bill McSwain. He just flat out yanked it. Why? <laughs> That's right. And President Trump feels very strongly about this. You know, when in real time, when we had the best opportunity to stop this from happening, to stop the steal, uh, Bill McSwain was a U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania. He said he's, he knew there was fraud, but he blamed Bill Barr, and he said Bill Barr wouldn't let him look at it. That is a total cop-out. He should have done everything he could. But now, since he's running for governor, he's claiming that his hands were tied, he wasn't able to do this. That That's just a load of crap. And President Trump called him out on it. He's very disappointed. And he doesn't, you know, real leaders, when the time comes, they act. Bill McSwain did not act. He was a coward, just like Bill Barr was, and so many other rhinos that we've seen. We don't need any more rhinos. Uh, running in the Republican Party. Speaking of rhinos on the bad news front, Liz, Dr. Oz. It made waves this week. Trump comes out and endorses Dr. Oz, a lifelong Hollywood liberal who decided he's, he was a Republican 15 minutes ago. And Trump supporters are blowing up my emails saying, hey, this, this guy's not on board with Trump's agenda. Where'd this come from? Well, President Trump made it clear in his statement, he's known Dr. Oz for many, many years uh, on a personal level, and he thinks he has the best shot at winning. I have heard some of the criticism, um, you know, people are more than welcome to criticize uh, their picks. You know, sometimes people are not always gonna agree with President Trump's endorsements, but he has really a knack for this when it comes to picking winners and picking people uh, to affect change. I mean, we've seen the power of his endorsement he feels strongly about it. He feels strongly that Dr. Oz will, um, if he wins, get in there and legislate on a America first agenda. Um, I think he's very committed to winning in these states. And 
for his reasons, President Trump, he thinks he has the best shot at winning, and that's why he made this call. He knows him personally, and he's confident with his choice. All right. Liz, come back soon. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Before we get to lighten the mood, which is hilarious today, let's get to something else. Are you a first TV supporter yet? I mean, how many networks out there would let me say the things I get to say every single night? And you see our lineup, Buck, Dana, Bill, the whole works. We say what we want to say. Go become a First TV supporter and you get something for that as well. You get access to all these specials on demand. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. Sign up today. We'll be back. Have you ever been pooped on? Have you ever seen somebody get pooped on? I mean, by a bird or something. Keep it clean here, by a bird. You know, I got to see my wife get pooped on once. It was hilarious. And it was hilarious because of what she did to me. You see, we were living in the Dallas area and it was summertime. I know this because it was July 4th, Independence Day. And the town we were living in has some big town July 4th celebration during the day. I'm not talking about fireworks at night, I mean during the day. Well, I live in Texas. It was 105 degrees that day. Not only was it 105 degrees out, there weren't even many rides for the kids, a couple little jerk water slides or whatnot, and there was hardly any shade and no beer, no alcohol served at this July 4th celebration in town. But you know how women are, they wanna get all the, all the memories and stuff on video, and so I got dragged down there with my kids. July 4th, down there, we're all just sweating. Everyone's dying. I mean, everyone, everywhere you look, everyone's just, their shirt is soaked, and I'm just miserable. And then the wife tries to get a little bit of shade underneath this little tree. It was just this tiny little tree. But there was a bird in that tree. And that bird looked down, saw the wife, and decided it was time to get rid of breakfast right on her head. And it was hilarious. And so when I saw this happen to Joe Biden yesterday, I thought, that's the second funniest thing I've ever seen as far as people getting pooped on. It's not hyperbole about being made in America. A lot of that has to do with this industry. That's bird poop. I saw it. You saw it. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA 
Decade DNA with Hannah Storm chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.